not to record. And so, the, which I really wish I was recording beforehand is, is the statement you made that uh, freedom is hard to argue against. So let me. All right. And so welcome to Misunderstood, a special podcast from Minnesota here in the green room again. And we're here with Sean. Now, Brian is in here today. But he's uh, staying back and staying quiet, and he's going to act in as a moderator. We started this episode by watching a video, and I watched the entire video, and the entire video was a documentary that is uh, about an hour and a half called The Great Awakening 2023, Apocalypse. And at the end, they kind of had what I felt was more of a kumbaya moment, like, here's how we fix everything. And so I was like, Sean... Here, watch this last 15 minutes of it. And Sean watched the last 15 minutes and said, man, you're more confused than when you started. So, so how much of the video did you actually watch? I think I was privy to about 17 minutes. Total. Um, I was shown, put at a point, and then I was told, well, I might have been far enough into it to really see the end of it. But when I first got into watching it, there was a lot of vague statements made of, don't be a sheep. All right. Think for yourself. Society, like, be a rebel, but don't be a part of a rebel group that can be coerced. Things that are very vague and I think can apply to a lot of folks who understand. Yeah, I, I want to think independently. I still didn't understand the message of the video because I hadn't seen the beginning and the breakdown. But at the end of it. They started getting to immigrants and talking about why the American dream was so wonderful. And it's because the ultimate value is freedom. And in certain societies, you don't have that. So they talked to immigrants from Cuba, immigrants from China. And I was like, okay, I get this. This is a video saying freedom is good. And they're using that as the winds behind an anti-socialist, anti-Marxist direction. And that's their prerogative. But in my mind, freedom is the winds behind a lot of sides, uh, including what folks would call progressive. Um, So it just felt like propaganda to me. Um, But propaganda that anybody could use and is not worth trying to refute. Now, I did not watch the video. Let's just get that out there. I have better things to do. And I will say, this is probably perfect evidence. Whenever we're confronted with something, I think the, the way the three of us handled it is how most things are handled. Um, CRT is probably my, my favorite example. Is If somebody comes up to Brian and is like, CRT is a problem. Brian will go, I don't know what CRT is. What is it? And if they come up to me and they go, CRT is the problem. I'll go, oh no, CRT is the problem. And I'll go get a book on it and I'll start reading it and start learning about it. And if they come up to Sean and say, CRT is the problem, they'll go, now this conversation is the problem. And he'll walk <laughs> off. <laughs> so I think having this, even this part where I have watched like the entire full part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then while I was watching it and they're kind of going into the scary tirade, and you come and Sean comes in and sees me like listening to this. And he's like, man, we might need to stage an intervention. He's listening to some scary propaganda in there. I believe it, man. You might be getting in too deep. And I would oh, ask, no. <laughs> before we get into that, as somebody who did watch it, okay, can you give us your synopsis? Because I gave you, from 15 minutes, my takeaway of it. 
my synopsis is that the world is a scary place and it's necessary for us to step up and fight back against the evil. Did they describe who the evil was? Not necessarily, not not directly. Uh, communism, Marxism, um, like global cabal. They show a lot of images of Democrats. They show a lot of images of like Black Lives Matter. They show a lot of images of progressives and they show a lot of voice work as well. Yeah, um, exactly. What I didn't want some big names. There's like Fauci in there. There's heads of Pfizer, a lot of quick cut clips to make it look like they're stacking evidence. Um, so they're throwing out dog whistles. Uh, communism, Marxism. They don't explain what the any of these terms are. But they throw imagery out there. See, that's the problem that I have. That's why I, it, CRT is nothing to me. Marxism is nothing. You call me a Marxist, I'll say, well, tell me what a Marxist is. No. Yeah, because we, we've seen that directly work. Yes. Like, we, we've seen people, like, stop talking to me and walk off when, I, when I'll try and get yeah. them to define it for me. Yeah. Um, because they are, they are so offended by this word. You know, Marxist is, is pretty much the devil. Tell me what a Marxist is. And and I do appreciate your approach, but I have I feel like being able to vocalize and explain what Marxist is is dangerous because it confirms their fear that it's being taught that 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 I am because I've gone out and studied Marxism. I am now I feel safe a trained Marxist. Yes. Even though, from what I've studied of Marxism, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. It can't work. Like, Karl Marx's theory just does not hold up in a 21st century world. You can't have a Marxist society and middle managers. Like, where does a middle manager fall in the bourgeoisie and the proletariat? I, I would take this to even the CRT. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that was really being taught. But no. once it became a whistle, people started looking into it. Yeah. I feel like the conservative side has promoted something in a populist way that they're trying to say, don't study this. This shouldn't be taught. But most most of the country knows about it now because they're yelling, don't look into this. But it, it's it's such a good concept and still such a complicated concept that I don't know... I don't know anybody who now is aware of CRT, who's done enough looking into it to understand how beneficial it is. I don't know. What bothered me was the fact that the people who were at the school board meeting against CRT were confusing CRT with the civil rights movement and black history. That's what bothered me. Yes. They didn't know what CRT is, but they know that uh, segregation happened. They knew that... uh, Jim Crow laws were going on, and that's what they don't want taught to their kids. An accurate history. Yes. And it's totality. Nobody wants to be the bad guy. And I think the feeling is. Why? But we don't, we don't. When teachers explain about slavery, we don't see that as you. You don't see white people in your classroom as slave owners. First of all, you, you, you're not, you're thinking what? It's over 100 years ago. Well, and 
We say that, but I've got, I've got to be honest. When we were in school, there were still quite a few, even student-aged people, people my age, mm-hmm. that enjoyed getting dressed up in period-style cotillion, like, uh, yeah. what's her name? Gone with the Wind. Yeah. She was a slave owner. Ah. Uh, so when we had these same conversations... The folks that were in my classes still felt a kinmanship it's with the slave owners. And we've gotten to a point where we're saying, you know what? If you were a slave owner, you were bad, period. Slavery is bad. Yeah. And we've got people my age, 44, 45, who spend a lot of time pretending to be slave owners. Yeah, but at the same breath, they will tell you. My ancestors couldn't afford slaves, mm-hmm. which was the fact. You know, one percent owned slaves, but and, and I, I'm quick to tell somebody. Most likely, my ancestors owned slaves and yours. But I don't think that's true. Yeah, I do. I do. The problem we know is it's true. We don't know it's true. How do we know? We not know. We know who who was able to afford slaves. How often were, were the slaves on on the plantation at Booker T hired out? If, okay, if, so if there's a plantation where a slave is doing horseshoeing and you go by and you bring that slave to your plantation and you pay the owner instead of the slave, yeah. you are a slave owner. I don't no, think it makes... I don't think If so. you lease a Benz, you're still driving a Benz. I don't know. It, uh, to me, that's like... Uh, one of the local factories going through uh, a temp agency... Mm-hmm. Uh, and paying them instead, uh, that person's not getting any paperwork on that person. They're not, you know, they're not. They don't have a filling out a W two for that person. So I don't see how it's relevant. They, if you're, if you are, you're pretty much paying for that that service. You you don't own that slave. I, I think we're getting to the point where America is starting to understand we did. That slavery was not an institution of a couple bad people. It was an institution of an American collective. That when a slave escaped, a lot of people who never could afford slaves caught, captured, hurt, and returned these slaves. Oh, yeah. There is no innocence in American slavery. And that's something that's, I think, hurting a lot of Americans. And that's definitely part of the truth. I want to bring us back to the idea of the person who promoted this video mm-hmm. that we began talking about. The one who sent it to me or the people in the video? Uh, the person who sent it to you. Okay. Are they against teaching this or are they are they pro-restricting what can be taught? No. Okay. So they are fine with CRT and uh, other things in the curriculum. Now, CRT is not in the curriculum. It's not in the curriculum. Okay. This is hypothetical. So here's, here. I guess here's the wild thing. is uh, So, and I'll, I'll throw Thomas out under, under the bus, uh, who sent me this video. Um, I don't believe he feels anyone should be restricted. Okay. In wanna... any spaces. So he truly believes in the freedom. He truly believes in the freedom. But I think in that same vein of freedom, he thinks that evolution 
and creationism should be offered the same platform in an, in an academic setting. Don't ban books. Don't ban um, CRT. But don't ban the Bible. Don't limit people's understanding of creation as an explanation. I believe the Bible should be available facts. in a library in any school. I feel like well. it is available in every library. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I think he, I don't, he's not one that's going to show up and complain about that particularly. Mm-hmm. But I think he also believes it should be available in the classrooms. That teachers should be able to use it as core curriculum. Oh. Right I now, just, now just, we're I, on the other I end. I disagree. So now we're the ones that want to ban. Huh? Ah, no, I don't. I don't want to ban. I don't want to uh, ban. I feel like if I don't know. I don't think that. <laughs> this is. I, I think this I is the. Think, this is the beauty. That, when you ask I why I get so deep in this, because these are not simple questions. My thing is, I don't. I don't agree with a lot of the churches in in Franklin County. Mm-hmm. So. I wouldn't want a teacher teaching my child religion. Okay. Yes. Because I don't trust them to teach religion. I I completely agree with that. And that's the statement I'll often use Mm -hmm. is because even in my own church, they've sometimes said they remove God from school. And my answer almost always is like, what God do you serve that you think humans can remove him from anywhere? Like my God is where my God wants to be. He's in school. He's in school. You're not removing Jesus. I don't know what you think you're doing, but people ain't moving him out. So that's a false statement. I carry my Bible into yeah. school. Well, I pray when I want to. That's well, not I happening. Think we all know what that statement means. They they want to force Jesus. They want to force everybody else. And so then my next statement is very similar to what you say is I think faith is too important to be put in a school curriculum. I agree. If I have a child that's asking about God and a bell rings and the teacher goes, all right, well, you go on to P.E., that's not what I want to happen. Mm-hmm. I want it at church where if my child's asking about God, the pastor says, well, we're going to take another 10 minutes. We're going to talk about this some more. Mm-hmm. We're going to spend time talking. We're going to bring in a deacon and we're going to bring in someone else who's an expert. And we're going to talk about it. And we're going to figure it out because those are the right places for faith. So I agree with you. Okay. And I started to hone that particular argument down in a way that I think when I make these statements, conservatives don't get mad at me. They, they understand, they go, okay, I can see why you wouldn't want it in school. I also think parts of the Bible should be taught in, in class. I learned about the book of Ruth in English class as a literary piece, and it was done well. Hmm. Have, have you invited any of your uh, um, Freedom Network people? To I have not. It, to, to my church? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Have any of them attended? No. No, I, I've invi- I've, I invite people all the time to church. This... Uh, as an as a out audible may get more invitations to church. Uh, I also limited because our pastor got sick, and I was very proud of how we handled COVID. Um, but our our pastor got sick a little bit, and I really limited in how we were inviting people to church. And I also uh, just personally, I don't think I was a great church member, so I was somewhat causing a little trouble at church myself. Uh, and so because of that, I also wasn't invited because I didn't, you don't want people to see like if I if I got if I'm kicking dirt around my own house, I'm not going to invite people into the house. 
So uh, we're, we're getting things together. They're putting me in check. I'm figuring out what I need to do. And so now is a good time. And my church is Lovely Valley on Wirtz Road. It is, um, there's two churches on that road completely. Uh, and so we'd be the second church. We'd be the one on the left. If you don't even want to come in most Sundays, we also will still put the radio service out. Uh, and so open, absolutely open invitation. Wonderful folks. Uh, they accept me there. So the bar's low. They'll take anybody. <laughs> We'd love to see you. <laughs> so without that invitation, thank you for, for encouraging me to offer that. Invitation. I have attended a number of times. It is a wonderful church. Uh, and I would encourage anyone who has the opportunity to attend. Mm -hmm. um, I would like us to get back to the video <laughs> because I, I feel like freedom should be the focus of the conversation here. Um, because I feel like Again, I felt the video vaguely used freedom as the wind behind uh, a, pointed, a pointed way of saying we need to stop the spread of socialist ideas. But I think freedom can be used to support almost anybody's ideal, whether it's the progressive left or the conservative right. Uh, but especially that libertarian group that just says, hey, if it's not going to kill somebody, allow them to do it. Um, and a point I brought up earlier, though is freedom is a challenging thing. Mm -hmm. I have uh, a bus converted to an RV and I've got it parked in my backyard. There's an ordinance that says I can't do that. And I believe one of my neighbors has called in that ordinance because mm -hmm. they don't want to see that vehicle from their backyard. Now, as the owner of the RV, I want to be able to have the right to do that. And so I'm very pro-freedom. But I've also had people... Uh, Use that RV as a place to squat. So I know what having that in an inappropriate place can cause. Mm -hmm. So I know, I know, I know the rationality. Not on this property. Okay. Yeah. Not on this property. I know the rationality behind why we create some restrictions. And I know how freedom can be felt in just different moments. And I think, I think that particular peace was propaganda but not in a, like if you if you want to believe in that and you want to see that portrayal of freedom i have no problem with that but i think it will go against you at some point because i believe some of the people who watch that are probably like don't teach certain things in school or have certain restrictions or have pro-life and i think if you can't say something like that well pro-choice is a freedom at the end of the day so if you can't get behind all those freedoms, then freedom is, it's just propaganda. It's just words. It's just fluff. No, I think freedom is fluff as a word. I don't, I, I think it's again, one of those undefinables. It, 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 and it bothers me immensely because that is what I believe we were getting into the Gulf war for. When we, when we attacked Iraq and Afghanistan, the question was posed, why did they attack the United States? Why did they fly those planes into the Twin Towers? And the answer I often got is they hate our freedom. Our, our freedom so great, they hate it so much they wanted to come over and cause destruction to us. That's got to be the stupidest answer I've ever <laughs> It was, but I believed it hook, line, and sinker. Really? Yep, I did. And as it come to find out, America's been in a lot of these countries bombing, mm -hmm. killing, committing the same kind of violence on those same people 
And finally, somebody rich enough enacted violence on us to say, hey, look, this is what it feels like when a foreign party comes into your country and kills people you care about. Mm -hmm. I disagree with how he did it. It didn't even work in terms of messaging for me. Like we're we're closing out the, the Afghan war by the time I figured out what he's talking about. So it was completely ineffective in his messaging. It galvanized a lot of the world to allow us to be even more vicious. So it didn't work. It's absolutely terrible plan. And I think anytime you, you use violence to call out violence, you're going to end up in the same same boat. Mm-hmm. But I do now understand. And that was a message of freedom. Like they hate our freedom, but that's not the truth of what was going on. Because freedom isn't real. Freedom is a marker. I do believe it's a very vague concept. It's a very vague concept. Um, used to justify things. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, that same justification will blow back in your face. I mean, in that video, somebody referenced freedom. They want to, they want to have as few restrictions as possible. Mm-hmm. So they want freedom just for everything short of killing somebody. Enough restrictions to keep people from killing each other. Yep. But there are so many ways to kill somebody. Like there's not just a simple, all right, we we purely restrict death. Because you can you can kill somebody with a vehicle by driving it in an inappropriate way. So we have to create a whole bunch of regulations around laws or regulations around the roadway. There's just Using the idea of freedom as a way of going anti-regulation just doesn't work in my mind. And this, I think that's where that video was going. All right. When you ask why I'm so intense into this. Yes. Then I guess even, even, semantics. What he was saying is we need enough laws not to kill each other. So laws against drunk driving makes sense. But laws against drunk driving restrict freedom. We've created a social contract, I think, in this country that works pretty well. If we start with Common Sense, the, the pamphlet, Common Sense by Thomas Paine, he does a great job of explaining how we go from three people to a governance where you send in a representative so I can go to work every day to help keep the decision making going to where we get to the point we are in a country. We've got a constitution that's absolutely magnificent. We have a basic idea of what freedom is and freedom should be things that are allowed, limitations that are allowed outside of the constitution. We have a constitution that does a very good job of describing exactly what freedom is. Right now it feels like there are people who are pushing against the constitutional limits of freedom. Roe v. Wade. We, we had a whole crazy wild argument on abortion. But one thing we didn't talk about on abortion is what's the constitutionality on abortion? What do you see as the constitutionality on abortion? I think, well, I think there are a couple things. We have an amendment that offers the right to privacy. We have an amendment that requires due process of law. We have an amendment that allows a person to be secure in their persons. So part of the idea is 
why can't restrict what happens to you in a doctor's office? Because the government has no way of knowing what you and that doctor talked about because you have autonomy within your body. So those restrictions, that's part of your freedom. The reason you can have an abortion is because the government cannot know whether you've had an abortion or not. Because you have a right to privacy within your own body. Or even the reasoning behind. Even the reasoning behind. And then we get into even more complex. What about the right of that child? The Constitution is very clear. The 13th Amendment, 14th Amendment, excuse me, describes birthright citizenship. You are a citizen of this country upon birth. So we've got constitutional rules that describe these things. So if we want to talk freedoms, for me, describe to me in the Constitution where these freedoms exist. And we'll make those arguments is is how I think I need to figure out this conversation with folks. So if someone says to me, you know, it's about freedom and I go, well, I use the Constitution as my measure of freedom. Can you describe to me how this is unconstitutional? I think it's a great way to do it. I mean, again, that video was very (laughs) pro-America. They loved what our founding fathers put together in terms of a constitution, in terms of protecting mm-hmm. personal freedoms. And so, yeah, I think a lot of what's happening today uh, on both sides is in, is trying to push against those freedoms um, because they're trying to impose personal moral values against another person's freedoms. And I don't think our American system was designed for them to allow that. So... I think that's why I get frustrated when I think of the left or the right or the conservative and the liberal, Mm -hmm. because they seem very similarly hooked on the idea that the freedoms that they need protected are more important than the other side's freedoms, which need to be protected. Like freedom is a very individualistic thing. And if you're talking on a subject that does not in the moment affect you and your persons, then you're imp- you're you're <laughs> stepping on somebody's freedom, in my mind. That's, yeah. that's what it comes down to. All right. And so what I've found, and, and I think some of the passion in this is, I, I feel like some of this is a calling, is having the same set of rules to have a conversation, having the same set of definitions, having the same thing we can talk about makes things a lot easier. So in a lot of cases... My conversations with conservatives go into weird directions because we use the same set of rules. Like if if I come to them and I say, we're going to talk about freedom, but we're going to talk about freedom by limiting it to constitutional discussions. It's very difficult for them to say no. And the only thing that they'll say otherwise is, well, there's something bigger than the Constitution Bible. But I also believe in the Bible. I also study and read the Bible. So I also don't mind making many of my arguments based on either biblical or constitutional directions. And with both of those things, I am still pro-choice. I am still uh, pro-gay marriage. I am still pro-transgender. Even using those two sources in the defense and arguments. And that's what I feel like we're here to do with misunderstood. I think that's why it was worth me spending time watching the entire hour and a half video. I think the scariest thing about that hour and a half video is we're going to reelect Donald Trump and he 
felt like the linchpin for everything that was in there. Was Donald Trump shown in that video? Nope. How do you correlate it as being in any way connected to Donald Trump's reelection? Almost all the footage happened during the four years he was president. The riots, the uh, discussions about coronavirus, almost all of it happened during Donald Trump's time. The footage of how terrible things can get came from the four years of the Trump presidency. So why do you think it would support him getting reelected or do you think it does not? There's some kind of weird amnesia. Somehow Donald Trump was the first politician to tell the United States we needed to go on lockdown, but people don't believe he was for lockdowns. People hate Dr. Fauci, but somehow forget Donald Trump introduced us to Fauci. He's been in the White House since the 80s. I'd never heard of a Fauci. Well, and I will say, this is one point I think we disagree on. I think I think anybody who watched that video and is a true supporter of freedom is going to go the opposite way of Trump on this one. Because I think you were. I think he is the linchpin for a lot of the freedoms that were infringed upon in that time. Like, I th- again, the message to me in that video was freedom is important and worth fighting for. And I don't think a person who saw that video and is like, wow, I love freedom, is going to see, especially the the flow in pro-life, as not impending on personal freedoms. Like, I, I don't see, I think Trump was in office when the judges got elected mm-hmm. and were able to make that change. Mm-hmm. But I don't think this is the end of the conversation. I think that's going to ebb and flow in terms of pro-life, pro-choice. But pro-choice is definitely the freedom choice in that. And anybody who watched that video thinking freedom is paramount is not going to be able to justify putting Trump back in. Wait a minute. I don't think Trump is going to take 2024 uh, so you think that video was was con- would convince people not to vote for Donald Trump? You think you watch that video and you'd say, I should not vote for Donald Trump? I think that video mm-hmm. would discourage you from voting from a lot from. It would say don't vote for Biden as well. It, it almost literally so said that like he was shown in very did, negative light. But Trump is no better in the terms of pro-freedom. In the scenario of that video. So unless they're stuck in the idea of a two-party system, vote the lesser of two evils, and they believe Trump to be that lesser, which doesn't make any sense because I just said that video was of his tenure. And yeah, no, I don't see Trump as the freedom candidate. And so you're a third party person. So yes. I, I think you do look at it as a lot of uh the lesser of two evils. I don't look at it as the lesser of two evils. I am a Democrat because I think the Democratic Party votes my interests in many instances. But do you think the Democratic Party is the pro-freedom party? I I don't know what that means. So it would never become a a, a, it would never be something that would change my voting one way or the other. I don't know. I don't know anybody who's anti-freedom. I don't either. But I do know that that video was saying freedom is good. 
America is based on freedom. We should fight it for it. Yes. And I saw it targeting um, what it sees as progressives uh-huh. by way of socialism. So I'm assuming it's saying you're taking something from somebody right. and distributing it. That's taking away Again. freedoms. But freedoms yes. are taken away from both sides of the system, right and left. Right. So I think anybody, and I'm not espousing a lot of my personal thoughts uh-huh. on this. I'm just saying from the 20 minutes I saw that video that said freedom is important, it does not support Trump. Okay. And in that instance, like, I love Social Security. I think it is an excellent program. I think it has been beneficial. It is socialism. Social Security is socialism. It's in the name. I think Democrats support Social Security. I don't think that makes Democrats socialists, but I think Democrats will take socialist ideas that work. But I also think Democrats will take Republican ideas that work. If there is a tax cut that is going to help middle class people, I think Democrats would vote for it. I am a Democrat, not because I think Democrats are locked into ideas that are only Democratic. I think they're locked into ideas that help me in my particular life situation. So I, I'm okay voting Repu- uh, Democrat in a republic. And I think that was well stated. Um, again, I think the idea of freedom is a double-edged sword because when they say freedom up to the point of killing somebody, mm-hmm. I see universal health care, universal education, even uh, universal income as a way of preserving life. Yeah. So it's it becomes so vague that it doesn't actually have a point to who it's supporting. It can support any flag that's flying. All right. Now, again, I think this is the this is the other beauty. I think Democrats do the same thing. Is, is Democrats make these blanket statements that are wildly vague. And I think one of the one of the more frequent statements that some that really hurt Republicans are Democrats will say things like that's racist or that's homophobic. But the statement is so wide, Republicans don't know what the heck they're we're talking about. Uh, so and then one example I can give, because you even heard heard this described in that in in one of the previous podcasts when somebody will say, well, when black men, uh, part of the problem in the black, black community is black men don't marry black women. Is black women rely on the welfare system to raise their kids. And that's why there aren't men in the house, which is a deeply racist statement. Yes. Cause it's used by multiple races to target it towards right. But what we're saying is black people specifically shun marriage. They shun their own kids because they'd rather have a free check of some sort. It's difficult to explain that, that why that's a racist statement, because a lot of black people just get mad and go, you're just being racist. I don't think it is. I mean, I think it comes down to citing it as a statistic towards a group. I mean, statistics can often be used any way you want to. um, But everybody is using socialism. I mean, everybody is using social benefits, the social safety net. Mm -hmm. It is not, um, it's not a race-based thing. So as soon as you put a race in there, you are making it a racially charged item. And I think, I don't think that's hard to to find to somebody. Um, and I think they will pull back and say, okay, well, I don't want anybody 
to feel like they have uh, the entitlement to this kind of program or to be able to benefit from this program um, because I think they're using a system. Uh, Welfare is like 5% of the total. It is. 5 to 8%. We're currently spending 40% more than we collect in taxes. So you could cut all of welfare and it wouldn't impact a thing. What we often do is we take that 5 to 8% this welfare and we add it to 30% that is social security and we call it entitlement spending. And so now people think we're spending 38% of our budget on welfare. Well, I think, again, you're using statistics mm-hmm. uh, in a very effective way to support. Um, and coming from a pro-freedom state, I would say, yeah, there is definitely more use of our collective funds in other areas. And I, I like the social network, uh, social. I like the safety net we have. Like I think it creates less crime mm-hmm. and it creates us from having desperation yes. at a lot of levels. Mm-hmm. So I think it keeps us healthier and safer. Um, I would then point to how much we spend on military and imposing ourselves on other people's freedom mm-hmm. around the world and say, that's probably something we should address first. But again, that's just me using freedom and a propaganda way to support my own thought. Uh, because freedom is a very vague thing and you can use it like that. But we, man, we really love military spending. That's because um, that's what we produce in America. That yeah. we have that and entertainment. And I, I some level academia. I don't know. I think just Americans just love military spending. And I don't, I don't think there's any curtailing of military spending. Uh, I think Americans enjoy the absolute fearsome military that we have. I think they, they enjoy how much we spend on it. Because we think it's protecting our freedom. I don't know what we think, but I know we like it. I know we like military spending. Uh, That's one, because I often point out when people are, are, the the problem with Republican presidents is they tend to really build that military industrial complex. Um, Donald Trump created a new branch of the military. But the Democratic Party builds that military industrial complex as well. It, you're, it is an American not idea. To the le- not to the same uh, branch. You. An entire. When has a when has a Democrat spent in the same way? When has a Democrat cut military spending? Most Democrats will will thin it. Down. They, they, they'll reduce we'll, the level, we'll reduce of, the level a, of growth. Increase. Yeah. yeah. But we also yeah. But again, I think that's one that's universally loved. Democrats and Republicans feel the same way. True libertarians, uh, they're like cut that cut yeah. that stuff out. If we're gonna there are try, so few true libertarians. There are very few, but I'm coming so into this conversation again from the pure aspect of we watched a video that is using the whistle of freedom to support a cause. Uh-huh. And that whistle of freedom can be used almost anywhere because it's a very vague thing. But true freedom is saying we shouldn't be imposing ourselves upon somebody else. <laughs> That's not an easy thing to think or to support, really, because how can we live in a collective world if we are not under some kind of giant social contract where we're not preventing ourselves from, you know, like you can't interact without (laughs) 
the fear of causing danger to somebody. All right. And we this have, is, to have guidelines. That's just what it is. This is where I think, because I'm a Democrat, where I, and you're, you're a libertarian. Uh, uh, this is where I think libertarians, Democrats, and Republicans have a split. And the split is really Democrats and Republicans on one side, libertarians on the other side. Is Democrats and Republicans do not believe in absolute freedom. We do not. I want to be able to restrict my neighbor. I want to be able to set up rules so my neighbor can't park a bus on their yard. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if I go over to my Republican neighbor, my Republican neighbor goes also, yeah, I don't like that bus over there either. And so the two of us put an ordinance together. And since it's two on one, we get it passed. And libertarians sit there and go, golly, doggone two sides of the same coin over there. And I think that's why we're seeing this video in, in slightly different ways, because I am hearing the message of freedom, but I'm seeing it used to promote a group that does want to create a less free world. Yes. Not necessarily in a bad way. I, I get the, the need for regulation. Mm -hmm. But in I'm, my mind, yes, right and left are on the same point mm -hmm. on that. Freedom to a point. And so if you watch that video, I don't think it's telling you to vote for Trump. I think it's saying right and left are kind of bad because they're going to take away some freedoms. That's that's where I fall on that. Um, no, I, think I, I will say you're right in the right spot. And I can't I can't claim to be a true libertarian. I think you're right. There's very few. I think you can. Pure hearted libertarians. I did subscribe to a lot of libertarian. I, I went to Ron Paul Fest. I worked security at Ron Paul Fest. I but I was also in the Occupy. There are like, there are a lot of folks who are just like quit infringing, like the war on drugs. There's a lot of infringing going on there. Um, the pro-life, pro-choice, a lot of infringing on the personal body there. Uh -huh. There's a lot of spaces where folks are like, you know, I, I sometimes that libertarian can seem like the good go between between right and left. But I think at the end of the day, you're right. The libertarian freedom cause is on polar opposite side polar opposite of, of red and left, which are then sandwiched together somehow, yeah. but they can't see that they're on the same side. And <laughs> we Well, we see it enough to vote. When it came time for us, to, for this neighborhood to vote on whether or not the ordinance allowed buses, Democrats and Republicans both voted yes on the, uh, on the ordinance. This is true. We, we do vote together. I'm honestly a Democrat because I feel Democrats are willing to admit they will vote with Republicans. Republicans sometimes have good ideas. I think the major difference between a Democrat and a Republican is, again, it's like saying hi in the liquor store, is, is the joke with um, Baptists, the difference between a Baptist and a Catholic. You know, Baptist, a Catholic person will say hi to you in the liquor store. And the Baptist, of course, will be in the liquor store, but hey, we ain't gonna say hi to you because I don't want to admit to everybody I drink. And that feels like that's the difference between Democrats and Republicans is we tend to want the same restrictions on freedom, but most Democrats will say, you know, that is a good Republican idea. Sometimes we do need to cut restrictions. During the Obama administration, when they figured out, when cars started to get more fuel efficient and they could pull vapor back in at the pumps, the Obama administration removed the regulations that required that crinkly thing on the gas pumps. Remember that crinkly thing? Yeah. Yeah, that crinkly thing was there because gas vapor was escaping. The car companies figured out how to keep the gas vapor in with a, with a lock that was more efficient. They got rid of that regulation. Democrats don't mind getting rid of redundant regulations. 
And that is a Republican idea. It is absolutely a reason Republicans go to the polls. I agree with it. I agree. <laughs> um, now I feel like we just got to bring a Republican in so Republicans and Democrats can see how much they have in common once you have a libertarian in the room. That is the perfect place to end. Because uh, we're at 44, so this will be a 45 minute segment. That's magnificent. This has been misunderstood. I heard a man talking, didn't know what he was saying, but it kept on spilling. Is a word just the same? His mind seemed scrambled like a burned out candle with half the wick missing and a nothing for. instead